The following program has been pre-recorded and is paid programming. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage LLC. Member FINRA SIPC Investment Advisory Services offered through Independent Solutions Wealth Management. The financial guys in Independent Solutions are not an affiliate of Peak Brokerage Services LLC. The political views on this show do not reflect the views of Peak Brokerage. This show is not intended to provide specific legal, tax, investment, or other professional advice. Please consult a professional for your specific situation. This radio show is for informational purposes only and is not intended to solicit or recommend any particular security. The information discussed is obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed. The economy tonight and gas prices now at an all-time high in this country. I understand what it feels like. I come from a family where when the, when the price of gas or food went up, we felt it. It was a discussion at the kitchen table. A gallon of gas now $4.37. Look, I know you got to be frustrated. I know. I can taste it by the time it takes to get anything done. Believe me, I understand the frustration. Now, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. All right, welcome to the Financial Guys Media Network. Glenn Wiggle with Mike Sparaza today, and it's Memorial Day weekend. Hope everybody has a, a thoughtful and respectful Memorial Day. And uh, obviously, we're going to, uh, again, sadly talk about another tragedy uh, today for a little bit, obviously, not the whole show. We're going to talk about about the, the World Economic Forum and the WHO and, of course, the stock market, a little bit of a bounce back this week. We're going to have be joined by Paul Meeks, one of our charter financial analysts. He's uh, had a lot of stints recently on uh, CNBC, as usual, some uh, Yahoo Finance uh, appearances as well. So he'll be joining us a little bit. Ron Reinstein will join us a little bit today, and Russ Geiser will join us as well. But, of course, leading off, you know, tra- just absolute tragedy. And, and uh, the more that you find out and hear about what happened in Alveda, the more it just looks horrible. It's starting to really shape up like another Parkland, uh, Florida situation where, you know, I'm not passing any judgment at this point, but but certainly if indeed the reports are true that it took an hour for law enforcement to go into the school, you know, it's just simply not acceptable. It's just, you know, and, and once again, when you look at the shooter and you compare the shooter to the Buffalo shooter, you know, lots of similarities there, right? Lots of similarities to the Parkland shooter, right? Red flag. You know, isolated, bullied, uh, made threats. You know, people were aware. You know, so I have some questions uh, that I, I definitely want to ask today, and uh, I hope that people can look into this potentially, and you know, certainly want to, uh, you know, maybe put put forth, you know, really what we need to have as solutions. You know, sadly, the knee jerk reaction, you know, and I think a lot of the political, you know, the politicalization of you know, let's ban guns immediately. And, and some of the grandstanding, you know, I've got some uh, a tweet from Obama and, of course, the, the, the audio from uh, uh, what's Francis. his moron down Robert Francis. What? O'Rourke. No, who's Beto, the guy Beto O'Rourke. A Beto, yeah. Beto. I mean, just, I mean, honest to God, I mean, how how just despicable. You've got families at the press conference and you're going to you're going to politically grandstand and just look you want to run for office you you want to get in there and change the laws and, and debate second amendment there's a time and a place for that and we're going to talk a bit about that today actually about you know some of the things that can be done uh, and and some of the things that should have been done and again you know these things are following a pretty clear pattern to me that we just don't seem to want to acknowledge it's almost as if we want to just blame you know some crazy inanimate object as opposed to you know what's going on with our young men in this country and boys in this country to get to this point. We have about the same level of ownership, gun ownership in this country today that we had 50 years ago, right? About 45% of households have firearms in the country. 
and yet we have a substantial increase today in mass shootings versus where we were 50 years ago. So something clearly has changed, and I think there's a lot of things that have changed, and we'll talk a bit about that today as well. But absolutely tragic. Hearts go out to all the families, and, you know, the, the again, the news, just the hits just keep coming. It's just horrible. And I'll say this too, Glenn. I mean, you look at, first it came out, oh, we're not sure if there was a guard there. Then it came out, oh, the guard did talk to him or, or, or confront him at the front door or whatever it was. But now it's coming out. 12 minutes he was outside with the gun walking around and then he was in the school for another hour or whatever it was i mean it's just unacceptable right, right. There, there's no way to stop that if you're not going to get in there similar to parkland right you have to if you're going to take that role as a school security guard police officer whatever you want to call it you got to get in there that's part of your job look i don't understand how you do at this point in time how we don't have schools that are absolutely hardened targets, especially in a place like Texas. Look, I'm going to take our office, for example. Not that I'm going to share all of our defensive mechanisms, but let's just take our office, and I'll talk about a few things, right? We have an office full of how many people in our office? 30-some-odd people in our office? 40, maybe? So 40-some-odd people in our office. That's staff. That's financial advisors. That's different departments. You know, it's a huge office. It's a 25,000-square-foot building. In that office, you know, there are, first of all, during the day, well, all times, there's only one unlocked entrance, and that is the front door, okay? The other entrances to the building are key card access only. So you have to have one of those swipe cards to be able to get access to the building at any other entrance versus the front door. The front door, you can auto lock, right? So it can be locked remotely if there's a threat potentially approaching the front door. But even if you do get the front door, into the front door, you cannot get to the rest of the building. You have to go through yet another set of locked key card doors to access the, the rest of the building. And, of course, we have a lot of other mitigation strategies that are defensive mechanisms, including firepower uh, in, in the office, right? So there are levels of defense that we have put forth because – Obviously, the radio show, we have had a, a multitude of threats from, from left-wing nut jobs, right, uh, on a fairly regular basis. Um, and, and as a result, we, we've had to make sure that we have, you know, hardened our target, right? Um, there's no excuse for somebody being able to walk just right into a Right into a school at this point. You just can't that, – that can't be. Uh, and, and, and I don't understand how, again, after Parkland especially, after Columbine, you know, we spent millions of dollars in this country studying this stuff, right? How about we spend a smidge of that money on, on, on some self-defense mechanisms, okay? Let, let me just say this too. Everyone's going after – not everyone, but the, but the left is going to go after the AR-15, right, the, the, the gun used in this case, right? Let me just say this. If you leave a madman in a school for an hour with a bunch of 10-year-olds, I don't care if he has a machete. He's killing the same amount of people. I mean, let's be honest. And maybe you could have stormed the, 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 the you know, you would have had the, the backbone to go into the building sooner had you known maybe. But he could have gone and done the same thing with the Ruger 1022, right? A 22 rifle, semi-automatic, very popular with a 10-round box magazine. You can get bigger magazines. It wouldn't have been necessary. A 22 is a tiny little bullet. You hunt squirrels with it. Again, an hour in a school, unchallenged. <laughs> That's You do the same damage with that. So you can focus on that, or you can focus on, okay, now, how do we prevent this kid from getting a gun? And then on the secondarily, because you can't prevent that completely, how do you harden the target? Let's talk about the kid for a second here in this case, right? It's, again, you, you uh, online, right? Yep. People knew he had made threats, right? He was known to the community, right? 
what is going on here? And I, we're not going to really get into it today, but just recently it came out that the Buffalo shooter, a, a, a former FBI agent, what is that? Was in the chat room with this kid and didn't, I mean, this is reminiscent of the Garland, Texas shooter where the FBI is literally texting the, 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 the shooter saying, go tear up Texas, you know what to do. What is going on with our FBI? We'll, we'll talk about that later. But, but getting back for a second. Okay, you know, this kid had all kinds of red flags. Here's my question, and that's this question I'm posing to the media. Maybe you guys can look into this. I I have a day job, right? We have day jobs. We run businesses. We employ people. We manage money. Markets are choppy. I don't necessarily have time to do the research. But here's my question, right, especially in the Buffalo kid. You had these red flags. You had a prior incident with law enforcement. You had threats being made. Why aren't—what is the requirement— to put a note into the national instant background check system. Because, again, the Democrats rush, we got to have a you know, national background check. Absolutely we do. But we have that. And both the kid in Texas, from my understanding, and this kid in, in New York, both bought the guns legally and went through a background check. Why wasn't there a red flag put into that system? The kid in New York had threatened violence in the past. A year and ago, my, Glenn, a year ago at a high school. A year ago. A year ago. So here's my, my – I'm speculating. I don't know. I, I don't, but I'd like, to, I'd like the answer to this. Is it because they're minors? Is it, what data can you put in the system? Because there has been all kinds of, 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 of issues where you, you definitely could have put stuff in. Like you had the, other, uh, the church shooter in Texas that was dishonorably discharged and had an assault charge against his wife and young child. Both of those are disqualifiers to, to purchase a firearm. Neither of those were reported into the National Instant uh, a background check system, right? Why? Now, is it because he's a minor? Is it because, because if you read uh, uh, Why Meadow Died, which was written by Andrew Pollack, the father of Meadow, who sadly tragically died in the Parkland shooting, he talks a lot about you know, what they're doing now with, with kids, the whole idea of we got to have a clean record and wiping the record clean. Is it because these kids were minors at the time that they had these incidents and, they, and made these threats that they didn't get reported into the system? Because if you just report the stuff into the system, doesn't that then red flag it so he can't purchase the firearm? Or maybe it doesn't prevent him from purchasing it, but maybe it notifies police to say, you know what, maybe you should check out this kid's Facebook page or Instagram. Maybe you should go take a look at some of the social media stuff. This kid just bought a gun on his 18th birthday, and we have a note in the system that he threatened to shoot up a school a year prior. I, we, it's, it's like a database. It's garbage in, garbage out, right? And, and Glenn, I would say this. If you're not putting that data in, what data are you putting in? He got an underage drinking ticket? Like, like what, If you're not right. putting that in, what are you putting in the database? I had a, I had a client, uh, sadly he's passed away you know, a decade ago, a good friend of mine, and he was a, a, one of my hunting buddies. And uh, he just so happened to have, a, I guess, a fairly common last name or a last name. It wasn't even that common, but apparently he shared a last name with somebody who was a, a, a violent felon, right? Not even in the same state, but every time he went to purchase a firearm, there was an extra three-day wait that he had to go through because it always came up with a red flag. Why aren't these red flags in this system? You know, if the, if this kid in New York is threatening to shoot up a school and he's got a prior run in an incident with law enforcement, why isn't that red flagged into the, the background check system? You know, again, the, the 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 left is clamoring for solutions that aren't solutions, right? If if you're going to say, well, we got to have national, we have to have cross the board background checks, that didn't prevent either of these cases, Texas or uh, or New York, right? 
So that's not a that's not working, right? But but what if you do put that flag in the system? What if you know? What if then again? It just even if it doesn't prevent him, maybe it's a three day wait he's got to go through while law enforcement then has the opportunity and they're notified to say, hey, check out this kid's social media stuff. You know, does it prevent it? It potentially prevents these kids from getting their hands on these guns. And Glenn, I know we probably got we're coming up against a break here. We but, do, but I'll save that till we get back because that's my next question about this common sense gun law approach and what that really means. I definitely want to dive into that because it just makes no sense on paper for me looking at New York State and all the hoops you have to go through to get a gun in our state, and then well, seeing that work. that kid gets a gun. Right? I mean. It, makes right. no it sense. didn't work. It didn't work. Even a 30-round magazine ban, you just went over to Pennsylvania and bought it. You can't, there, even if you ban 30-round magazines across the country, there are millions and millions of them in the black market floating around this yep. country. You can't. Yep. The, the genie is out of the bottle in that case. And so let's just accept that. Or, or not, but let's at least look at other solutions. We can debate that while still looking at other solutions. And we'll talk about some of those solutions next. Got to take a break. Folks, we'll talk money in a little bit. If you need us throughout the week, of course, we do manage money for a living. Give us a call at the office, 833-FIN-GUYS, if you need us. We'll be right back. Or the website, thefinancialguys.com. We'll be right back. You've got the Financial Guys here on the Financial Guys Media Network. Alrighty, welcome back. You've got the Financial Guys, Glenn Wiggle and Mike Sparaza in for Mike Lomas today. And again, of course, it's Memorial Day weekend, so... Have a thoughtful and uh, and I won't say happy Memorial Day weekend, but at least a re, uh, a thoughtful, I'll say Memorial Day weekend, and just be safe and uh, and uh, spend time with your loved ones. Of course, um, you know we're talking about the a little bit about this uh, kind of another horrific shooting, and and you just you know the more you you learn about this, the worse it seems to get. You know, you, if I found out yesterday that. Uh, the, the husband now of the one of the teachers that was shot and killed had a heart attack and died. I mean, just just heartbreaking, you know, leaving four young children, just absolutely horrible. But you know, when when you um, when you look at we, you know, we just talked in the previous segment about you know why aren't they putting these red flags into the system? You know, look at the Parkland kid. The Parkland the kid the sheriff was at the Parkland kid's house thirty something times. 30-something times, he had made constant threats. His classmates were afraid of him. The whole school knew this kid, and yet he was able to walk into a gun store and buy an AR-15. The problem is, is the Democrats want to take the right away from everybody, right? Why not take the right away from people that make threats uh, uh, to shoot other people? I don't understand this. I mean, it's it's like the Democrats can get away with whatever they want. It's, It's not, if they wanted solutions, we can talk some solutions, but if you're going to simply say let's ban ARs, then the kid, the next kid's going to walk in with either a black market AR, or he's going to walk in with a Ruger 10.22, or he's going to walk in with a lever action uh, rifle, or he's going to walk in with a semi-automatic, a, a different type of rifle, or he's going to walk in with a semi-automatic shotgun. I mean, again, if you're going to leave a madman in a school for dozens of minutes or an hour. It doesn't matter if they've got a hammer with a bunch of 10-year-olds. They're going to do the same amount of damage. So the, the, we have to talk about not only you know putting these, these flags in the system to prevent these, these, these sickos from getting these weapons, but we also have to then harden these targets. And the fact that you know airports have security, our office has security, office buildings have security. Well, I'm sure where you work, think about it. Where do you work? You know, what kind of security is at your office? Is there, you know, maybe there isn't. Maybe you're a small business and things are wide open. I don't know. But go down to Erie County Hall. I guarantee you're not strolling into the Rand building. Mark Poland cars, he's protected by security. Oh, and they're armed, right? Well, well and, and I was going to say too, Glenn, I mean, at one point, are we going to just talk about the fact that half the people talking about these common sense gun laws don't understand firearms and what they even do or are, right? I mean, you have no. people out there talking about ARs that they're fully automatic weapons. 
right? right. Some of them, right? So you have that's yep. part of the problem too. You have people like AOC, you have people like Biden, you have people whoever Nancy Pelosi. I saw uh, Chuck Schumer, of course, out there again. These people are talking about certain things and don't have the background. I don't either. I know you do. That's why I'm letting you. I talk don't think about they it, care. I don't think they care but because that's a it's not about it's not about preventing the next shooting. It's about taking away as many guns from the from the from the public as as possible. Yeah. That's the game. If they look, let's talk about security. Okay, okay, you really want to um, you know protect the schools. You really want to prevent these types of things. Again, number one, we just talked about putting flags in the system, right? Yep. Why? Please, somebody in the media start asking those questions in New York, especially right here. Okay, why? Why? Was that kid not red flagged into that background check system? Right? Why? Is it because he's a minor? I bet you it is. I bet you it is. I bet you because he's a minor, they can't have anything on the kid's record, right? Look, if the kid's eight years old and makes a stupid statement, I'm okay with maybe not having that in his record. But if the kid's 14, 15, 16, 17 years old, those kind of, at that age, you kind of know what you're doing, right? You kind of, you're making threats against the school. I'm not saying your brain's fully developed by any stretch of the imagination, but it, you, you take a 14, 15, 16 year old a lot more seriously than a seven year old, okay? So there's got to be some cutoff. But again, even if you could just delay the purchase for three days, and it's so you have an opportunity notify law enforcement have them begin to look into the you've got look at the fbi is spending time and resources researching parents that went to school board meetings don't tell me you don't have the resources we just spent 40 billion dollars to ukraine don't tell me we don't have the resources you, look first of all you, you tell me you can't hire some retired officers or retired military right but even without that Let's just talk about the school security themselves. If you're going to be able to walk right into a school un- unencumbered, that's unacceptable. So we need to look at it from a, from a security standpoint. Number one, there's got to be a perimeter fence around all these schools. There just has to be, right? There's got to be some level of secure perimeter with a locking gate that you can patrol from inside the school on a TV monitor. You can buy these ring cameras for 100 bucks. It's not, we're not talking about the government normally would go out and spend millions of dollars on something a private homeowner would spend $300 on, right? It's, it's, you can install these things easily, right? So now you have an exterior perimeter that they, at least you can see them before they're getting into the school. Once you buzz them through the outside perimeter, you should have a security person between the outside perimeter fence and the school, right? There's got to be people between in that open zone. Picture that like a moat, Right. One, maybe two, even if they're just resource people. Maybe they're teachers on break that just walk around the parking lot, okay? I'm not saying it's got to be Rambo, but somebody needs to say, oh, my, there's a kid out here lurking around. Isn't that suspicious, right? It, there's, it, again, maybe you don't have to be a, a, a commando to be able to do that, right? And then, of course, when you get to the school, there's got to be another set of locking doors. You can't just have unlocked doors. And when you buzz somebody into the school, it should be into a vestibule where now you're stuck, where now you've got to be buzzed in again through that secondary door before you get into the main school, right? And, and there's got to be security Glenn, in that area, too. That's exactly how my high school was. You could get into that vestibule, and then you had to say why you're there, right? What are you doing right. here? What do you need to be here? And right. you brought the point up. $40 billion to Ukraine, plus more, because there's been others there. Trillions in COVID funding, right? You're telling me we can't spend any money on kids or schools? Colleges too, right? I mean, you're telling me we can't spend yeah. any money on this stuff, and why right. is one thing? Why is Ukraine and its border more important than our border and our kids, right? Why? Why does that happen? Right. Who makes those right. decisions, right? And and right. why aren't they taking the grief? Instead, it's the gun owner taking the grief. They're not. We just sent out billions of dollars for COVID aid to schools, 
Buffalo School District got over a quarter of a billion dollars. They got $250 million. It's an obscene amount of money, okay? You could easily harden those targets. If you put, I think some, I saw a statistic, I don't know how true this is, but I saw the statistic that there's like 100,000 schools out there. Of course, somebody said, you can't protect 100,000. Think about the money. Okay, I thought about the money. 100,000 schools, $100,000 salaries, two paid security people, retired officers or military at each school. That's about, it's about $20 billion a year. It's a lot of money. We just sent double that to Ukraine in one shot, okay? $20 billion is a drop in the bucket when you talk about a six-now-trillion-dollar federal budget, okay? I'll tell you what. i tell you we can get the money. Fire the, the, the diversity specialist there. There, $100,000 right there, right? There's your security person. How about your gender studies person? They could probably go. I'm, I'm pretty sure that most parents at this point would say, I'd rather have my kids safe than learning about, you know, uh, turning into a unicorn or a cat. That's the newest thing now, meow. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, it's, 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 it's like, it's like a, a comedy has become reality when it comes to some of this stuff. But, but to your point, Glenn, too. If, or or if tragic some, or whatever, tragic comedy, whatever the, whatever the saying is, you know what I mean? But, but to your point, though, if, even if you didn't drop people and you just hired two <clears> security <throat> guards, most parents would say, yeah, I'll pay my tax dollars for that. Right. This is important right. to me for that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you feel for those 14 parents or 19 <clears throat> yeah. parents that lost their kids. Even without the security guards, though, if, if you have the perimeter fence, if you have the school locked, maybe he doesn't even get in, you know. But again, we'll talk about the, the – uh, I, I don't want to get too deep into the officers and the response. We're going to find out over the next couple of weeks exactly what happened here. There's going to be, you know, there's going to be investigations done. But I got to say, at this point, it looks pretty bad. I mean, it looks bad when you see videos of parents getting taken to the ground and being handcuffed while there's an active shooter inside the school. And the saddest thing I can think of is, what if it's my child in there that's bleeding out? How many of those kids maybe could have been saved? I mean, think about that for a second. How many of those kids? There was a a kid, I mean, just so tragic, she took her friend's blood and smeared it on her and played dead. She survived, thank God. I don't know if she's ever going to be ready to recount her tragic, uh, you know, the, the, the trauma that she went through. But I would, I think it would be important if we can get that information as to what happened in there. What happened inside that classroom? How many kids could have been saved while they debated outside who was going to go in? That is, again, you're, 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 this looks a lot like Parkland. I don't, I'm not passing judgment at this point, but the way things look as of right now, it looks really, really bad. And if it is indeed what it looks like, then lots of people need to be fired. Lots of people, not only fired, need to be potentially prosecuted for negligence. I don't know what the responsibilities are uh, and, and the code is and all that stuff, but this is not, not good. But anyway, we're over in time here. Can you hold that thought? Yes, I'm sorry. I can. I'm, yes, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm 30 yes, seconds long. Let me take a very short break. We'll be back on the other side. We've got the Financial Guys right here on the Financial Guys Media Network. All righty. Welcome back. Sorry about cut you off there, Mike. You've got the Financial Guys. Uh, Glenn Wiggle, Mike Sparaza in for Mike Lomas. I miscalculated the uh, looking at the clock, and uh, we were a little <laughs> bit long. So I mean, sorry about that. Uh, anyway, you were about to say, we were talking about, the, obviously, this tragic uh, shooter, and, and you were about to say something, and I cut you off, so I wanted to give you a chance to... Well, no, I was going to say, too, you know, it's not like one or two officers decided to stay outside. There were tens no. and fifty and mm. more just standing there, right? Like, and at some point, you just got to, you know, like the Border Patrol agent did, he just went up and got in there and just took care of it, right? And that's, if that's your mm-hmm. job and you sign up to do those jobs, you got to do it, right? You can't just let yeah. kids get slaughtered, or anybody get slaughtered, for that matter. It's not even kids. <laughs> So what I have read now is that the there was it was three special border patrol folks that went in. You know, the one guy in particular that was the lead, accompanied by three additional sheriff's officers as backup, is what I understand. And together, 
you know, they, they, they stored in the room, and, you know, they were outside debating and talking about the fact that it was a suicide mission because he was well fortified inside that room. I got to tell you, you know, having, you know, knowing, you know, folks in the military, especially folks like David Bellavia, I mean, when you have a job, you do your job. And and think about what he did and, and some of these heroes. And again, I don't know what the total story is here. I'm, tr- I'm trying to really not pass judgment without all the facts being in. All I'm saying is at this point, what we do know looks really, really awful, right. uh, just awful. And, and I hope that maybe it's wrong and, and maybe the, the interpretation is wrong, but it looks bad. This is what Ben Shapiro uh, just tweeted, and I thought it was kind of interesting. Um you know, because we're, everyone's clamoring for background checks, right? The shooter in Texas passed a background check. There was no armed response to the shooter for fully 12 minutes after he crashed his car. So which do you think would readily would solve the problem more readily? More background checks or somebody on hand to shoot the shooter or confront the shooter? I mean, think about that for a second, right? Right now, again, the Democrats are playing politics. They're throwing out we got to have universal background checks. And 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 no AR-15s. Okay, fine. Let's say we agree to that. Okay, let's say we agree to that. Let's say we agree to universal background checks, which we already have, yep. and let's say we agree to uh, to no more AR-15s. So the kid goes and he goes and he passes his background check as he did in this case, right? Yep. Passes the background check, then goes and buys a Ruger 1022 with a with a couple of ten a uh, ten round box magazines. Yep. Right. Walks into the school. It does the exact same thing, okay? Does Did the background check stop him? No. Nope. Did the fact that he couldn't own or buy an AR-15 stop him? No. Uh, what would have stopped him? Well, again, having an armed security officer at the school might have stopped him. Not necessarily. Maybe it deters him. Maybe he doesn't go in at all, right? Nope. Uh, outside perimeter fence may have stopped him. Right, may have again, may have slowed him down. Look, you see a guy climbing a fence with a, with, a, with an AR-15 on their back. You know, I'm a hunter. I can make that shot from the school. He's not even getting to the door. You just want to talk about door. If somebody scales a school fence with a rifle on their back, and I'm the security officer with a shotgun, mind you, once he is within a hundred yards of that school, I'm dropping him right there. Right, well, and Glenn, it, it, whether you're carrying an AR or, or you're just climbing a fence, anyways, something's got to be addressed if somebody's climbing over a fence at a school. Right? right. I don't care if he's carrying a gun or not. Right? You got to do something. I don't even know if there was a. F- I don't even know if there was a fence there in this case. I, it doesn't yeah. sound like there was. I didn't see any fencing. It sounds like this kid walked up to the front door after crashing his car. Did he just walk down the street with an AR-15 and nobody could? He was outside the school for how long, you said, before he even went in? It was 12 minutes, know. and then he was in school for another 45, 50 minutes. I mean, just. Uh, that, that's just not acceptable. Yep. If I'm a parent to one of those kids, I'm losing my stuff right. thinking about the fact that my child maybe could have been saved. Maybe could have been saved. Maybe the death count is not that high. Maybe it is. But, you know, you don't wait outside. You just don't. And I, th- we have gone over this. There are There is protocol in place, especially after Parkland, but started with Columbine, that the th- you, you, you go in immediately to charge the school. You have to. Yep. You have to. But we have to do things to harden these targets. It's just not acceptable that, that this is continuing. It's just not. But, again, would the background check have stopped them? No. Would, no, would, uh, no. Would, would not owning an AR-15 have stopped them? No. Neither of those things would have prevented Buffalo, nor would they have would have prevented uh, this 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 uh, horrible Alveda uh, shooting. So, so my question is, and I'm going to ask you this, Glenn, because you you know more about the gun you know control issue than I even do here. But what is the answer with common sense gun law approach? What does that mean? I don't know what that means yet because background it, it, checks obviously don't work. 
it, it means it means mental health. Well, again, it's garbage in, garbage out, though. Right. If you don't right. put these types of incidents into the background check system, then what's the point? You had that that that, that guy who shot up the Dallas. Uh, uh, the, the, I don't know if it was Dallas. I think it was the Texas Church. Yep. was dishonorably discharged from the military. That's an automatic disqualification owning a firearm. Yep. Secondarily, he had a violent assault against his wife and, like, two-year-old child. That's yep. a secondary uh, automatic disqualification. Neither of those incidents were reported into the background check system. So it's just like running a database. It's garbage in, garbage out. Yep. And and that's unfortunate. But we have, the, we, we have a, a, a national background check system. We have it. It's there. He yep. went through it. The kid in Buffalo, at, well, the kid that shot Buffalo, not from Buffalo. I mis- don't yep. want to misspeak. Yep. The, the, the Buffalo shooter as well as the Texas, both of them went through background checks. The Parkland shooter went through a background check. It didn't, they passed. Right. The, the, the Parkland shooter had dozens of, of police to his house, dozens. And, and none, not a single thing because when you read uh, Why Meadow Died, all of that was expunged from his record. And then again, That's I'm the going to ask, what is going on those records? <laughs> again, open right. container tickets in college? I don't know. I mean, I mean peeing nothing. on a playground in college? Like, what is going in there? I don't, apparently nothing. Apparently yeah. nobody's reporting anything to the system anymore. So, you know, I don't know. It, look, if, 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 if these guns were, were, were acquired in the black... Let's, let's say for a second... I don't mean that. I know we got to get on to Ron here, but let's just say for a second that... Um, that the Buffalo shooter and the and the Texas shooter had gone into the store, they had tried to purchase a firearm, they were denied the purchase because of their prior incidents and run-ins with the law or threats made online, right? Now they go and they buy a gun through a friend where they don't have to pass a background check. That's a loophole. If you want to talk about that loophole, that might have prevented, if we close that loophole, would that have prevented this? No, because he didn't go through that loophole. He passed the background check. What don't you get about that? Like, this is what drives me nuts about the argument. Let's talk about the things that we can do constructively, like notifying the system that the kid has a prior run-in with the law enforcement, that he's threatened things. How about mental health? How about committing some of these kids? Sadly, some of these kids can't be helped. There are evil people in this world. It just is the world we live in. I'm sorry. The, the, you know, the kid in Parkland, he was an evil kid. Something broke with that kid. Sadly, it did. He should never see the light of day again, and he won't, right? But sadly, he took a dozen-plus kids with him, right? That didn't have to happen. That kid could have been committed as a juvenile and could be in a mental health facility, it's not good for him either. He killed a bunch of kids. His life is over too, right? Maybe, maybe you can, maybe you can rehabilitate some of these. Maybe you can't. But if you can't, they can't be roaming around with the ability to pick up an AR-15 or any sort of weapon, pistol, shotgun, or otherwise from a gun shop. Yep. So anyway, all right. Moving on. Let's uh, let's get on to some other things here. I know we have a lot to. to I don't know if you want to comment on that, Ron, but I know we have some other things we want to get to. Ray Liotta no, I and mean, World you, Economic you really... Forum, who and otherwise. I was just going to say, there's there's hard... I even asked this to my father, who's a retired law enforcement, and now he's on the judicial side, and he said there's just not... There's not a concise answer to find because the answers that they want to go for are the people that we're talking, like the three of us, that you're legal, law-abiding gun owners, and people are going to find a way to perpetrate these heinous acts no matter what you do. These, yeah. kid, these, these scumbags, and I'm being diplomatic in how I'm saying this, they broke multiple laws. So if you throw another five on the book, 
Right. They're still going to. Do you think right. they care? No, do they don't. Like, and, and, oh and, well, you know, I, I brought the gun in here. I did this. They Again, don't. Again, and, and the other part of it too is like, you want to point the finger at something too is that you have vilified or cops for so well the, more recently. You want to get guns off the street. Let them do their jobs instead but even of saying, that like, oh, matter. you're hassling, you know. Yeah, but even that them. doesn't matter. But let's no, talk no, about but, this. But these particular cases, all of these, you know, uh, uh, the, the Parkland, the Buffalo, the Alveda, all of these folks went into these, these madmen, went in and bought a gun legally. All of them, based on their prior actions, run-ins with the law, and threats made against other people and themselves— mm-hmm. All should have been restricted from buying a firearm. Absolutely. I'm not, look at I'm 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 a Second Amendment advocate. I want you know good law-abiding people like us to be able to protect ourselves and our family. But I don't want madmen to have guns any more than anybody else does. No. But if we're if we're going to go back out and just look at background checks, while all these kids pass background checks, is that solving anything? Right? Would it? It didn't. It didn't solve it. And to that point, Glenn, that you just said too, but it's social media. Like, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to go on a Facebook page and see some some, right. some messages. We do it for like, employees. Hey, get that guy away. Yeah. Listen, you apply to our, you apply for a job with the Financial Guys, Independent Solutions, Financial Guys, Home and Auto, or any of the businesses that we operate. You, you we will do a. We, not only do we do a criminal background check, you're getting fingerprinted. That's part of our. Uh, part of the securities business anyways we're doing a credit check on you but we're also doing a social media uh, and 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 you know just a social check on you basically we're looking for instagram facebook posts where your twitter feed you know look i've seen some 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 professionals do some and say some pretty disgusting things that i want to know about before i may hire somebody like that even if i'm hiring a a a service person like an attorney i had a conversation with an attorney this is no lie california attorney that happens to be a trustee for a trust that we manage. And we and somehow we started talking about Rand Paul and he literally says to me that that uh that that neighbor should have ripped out his other lung. This is a white collar professional attorney. And I said to him I said what did you just say? He said, "Oh, Rand Paul, you believe he's trying to to uh to can to not vote for aid for Ukraine that they should have ripped out his other lung when that when that uh when the neighbor tackled him." This is a this is the kind of violence and the rhetoric that comes out on the left. It's unreal. It's uh, it's just shocking sometimes. Anyway, look, I got to take a very short break here. We're up against the clock again. Ron, we're going to come back with you and talk about. I know you got an upcoming seminar. We're going to talk about some income planning. We're going to shift gears now. And uh, I, again, I wish I could do the whole show and, and talk about uh, you know mental health and all the other stuff. We did a lot of that on our podcast. Uh, you know, and, and so you can go you can go and. Uh, and, and listen to that as well. So anyway, very short break. We'll be right back. You've got the financial guys. If you need us throughout the week, folks, the markets have been choppy. We're going to talk about that in the other side of the break. We do manage money for a living. Feel free to use us as a resource. 833-FIN-GUYS is the office number, or go to our website, thefinancialguys.com. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. You've got the financial guys. Final segment for this hour, although we do have a whole other hour to go. I may get to some of the clips, although I think everyone's probably heard them by now, the, the Beto O'Rourke clip of him interrupting the press conference. Just absolutely classless. Uh, Obama putting out there, you know, well, I, I, although our hearts go out to the kids in, uh, in Alveda and the families, don't forget it's the two-year anniversary of George Floyd. Are you kidding me? I was shocked when I saw that, honestly. I just I, I my my mouth hit the floor like you Nothing narcissistic. Shock us anymore. Just just to remind everybody that it's all about them, right? It's all about you, Barack. 
What, a, what the, the most narcissistic man on the planet, honest to God. It's disgusting. And, Glenn, really I think is. you tweeted this, and you said it perfectly. Like, they're, they're putting this out there like George Floyd was, like, the most model U.S. citizen that's ever lived, right? Like, he never made mistakes. He was not, uh, you know, a criminal, a career criminal, right? Like, that's the funniest part, that they're, they're acting right. as if this George right. Floyd situation is, like, you know, they build a statues to him. passed away. Yeah. If yeah. you build statues to criminals, you're probably going to get more criminals. If yeah. you glorify crime, you're probably going to get more more crime and this is essentially what a lot of the left has basically done but anyway i digress yeah. ron you've got a seminar coming up but one of our tfg academy workshops so if you want to find out our full schedule i know we have estate planning income planning retirement planning all kinds of stuff coming up go to our website thefinancialguys.com you can click on the tab for tfg academy and sign up for upcoming workshops as well as go back and see old workshops as well uh, i believe uh, that is capable now on the website thefinancialguys.com but ron tell us about what you got coming up yeah, Wednesday, June 1st, 6.15, after the uh, the long weekend, we got the Retirement Income Planning Seminar that's coming up. And you know what we talk about in the seminar is all the different sources of income that we're going to have in retirement. How do they all start to piece together and optimizing every single one of them, whether it's Social Security, pension, if you're lucky to have one, your investments, to create and craft income that will get you to retirement but all the way through retirement. So just meaning that you don't go broke, that we have enough coming in to pay your expenses. And, that, and that's the one thing too, is especially with our homework process that anytime we go through appointments and I say to people you know, that are potentially gonna become new clients, I say, look, the homework, the most important piece here is your expenses. I can't tell you how to spend money, but we wanna make sure that we're delivering enough income that allows you to spend your money and your capital that you're able to do what you want to do. You create the memories that you want to keep, you know, creating with your family, your friends, charity, whatever it may be. This is, you know, again, the reward of the sacrifice that everyone has made over their working years. Ron, inflation now, you know, a lot of these financial plans that people put together were based on 2%, 3% inflation. We're now mm-hmm. running at 85 to 9% inflation, likely to be high for some time. You know, probably more important now than ever, right, to, to make sure that you're factoring that inflation into your Absolutely. retirement picture, right? Yes, yes, because it, especially with inflation, I mean, remember, there's cost of living adjustments that come with Social Security. Cost of living adjustments commence with our Social Security benefit once we hit the age of 62. Even though we are delaying, or for the individual that is, you're still getting them built into your work record. The other part of that, too, is like you said, with inflation right now, running as high as, again, what the government says it is, and we also know that it's much higher. I just got a uh, auto ship notification for my dog's food that has gone up from $72 a year ago to $96. Thank you. That's not that, bad, actually. It's not, I know. It's, it's only up 25%. That's you, haven't, you, haven't, you haven't stopped by a grocery store and picked up steak any time lately, have you? No, no, no. I, I, I hear about it all the time from the missus. But yeah, things have gone up. But that's the other part, too, is like having the correct amount of risk with your assets that we have cash flow that's going to come in that maybe it is just sitting in money market, that it's not going up, but it's not going down. But it lets the other assets go to work that you are getting coupon payments from bonds. You're getting dividends coming in from stocks because the stock market is still going to give us our best hedge against inflation for the long term. Mm -hmm. But that's where we talk about, again, in the seminar and the planning process that we have perfected, finding the right amount of risk for the individual that as you segment those assets, you create those buckets that are going to go to work for you to help generate the income that you need all the way through our retirement. Because inflation will not continue at this clip 
but it doesn't mean it's going to go back to what it was even last right. year for right. prices. Right. Yeah, we're not going to just go back to 2% inflation anytime soon either. So, I mean, no. you got to remember that it will come down. But, it, you know, when they talk about moderating, it's, it's probably going to moderate from 85 to like 5.5 or 6. Like, but we, we, this issue is going to be with us for, for quite some time, and it could get worse. And you got to prepare for that because the purchasing power you have today could be vastly different, you know, 10 years from now. If you think about a 7% inflation rate, you know, at a, the rule of 72 means that your money will double every seven years. Mm-hmm. Well, the reverse holds true. Every, yes. uh, uh, an inflation rate of of, uh, of 7% means that your purchasing power gets cut in half every 10 years. So think about that, right? And that, But that's like you said, that, that's the important factor with the planning process too is that I will show people, I'm like, okay, look, here's 4%, here's 5% inflation, here's 6% inflation. And how long does that start to really erode what the expense metric is that we need to generate? And right. that's the thing is you always want to give everyone that, and that's part of the seminar too, is I say, here's different perspectives of what's the age that you take Social Security. Here's worst case scenario. Here's best case scenario. Here's you know middle of the road scenario. But that's where all these things are going to come together and not that it's just like, oh, Social Security, it's a throwaway piece. No, it's an essential piece just as it's mm-hmm. everything else. Well, the taxation is the key, right? So, you know, oftentimes it's, it's – yeah, it's not just about you know going through and figure out where am I going to draw my income. It's how am I going to draw my income to minimize the amount of money I'm giving to the government every year, the IRS, right? Keep as much it. of as Esther always says, you know, keep as much in your pocket as you can. It's not what you make; it's what you keep. And we actually have a seminar coming up with uh, Esther Gulius's team as well. So again, check out our TFG Academy schedule on our website, thefinancialguys.com, for all of our upcoming workshops. We've got the income planning workshop that you're pre- uh, presenting Wednesday. June 1st. Folks can sign up uh, by calling our office again uh, at uh, 833-FINGUYS or going to our website, thefinancialguys.com. We also have the tax planning uh, workshop coming up with Esther Goulias and, and gang. And uh, we have an estate planning uh, one coming up talking about re- IRA replacement strategies uh, that I believe is in the next several weeks as well. So lots on the calendar at the Financial Guys and our TFG Academy. And go to our website for all that information and much more at thefinancialguys.com. So, Ron, once again, Wednesday, June 1st. We'll see you there. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, let me see if I can't uh, ring up Mr. Meeks here. I wanted to uh, make sure he joined us in this segment before I miss him, so I'm just going to reach out to him and see if we can pull this off on the fly. Here we go. Uh, we definitely got to talk about home and auto, speaking of that. So, yes. Mr. Meeks, how are you, sir? Yes. Sorry we are running a little bit late. I appreciate you joining the show today. Oh, my pleasure. I've got Mike Sparaza in for Mike Lomas today, so he may throw a question or two at you, but uh, I, I wanted just to you know, have a couple minutes with you. I know your time is super busy, um, but obviously, you know, you're a tech expert. You know, Paul is on our investment committee. Paul Meeks was the largest tech manager in the world uh, back during the dot-com bubble uh, for Merrill Lynch back in the uh, 2000s, and uh, you are still uh, on CNBC just about every week. And so, you know, tell us what's going on in tech. It seems like a tale of two worlds almost, and some stocks doing – you know, doing okay earnings wise, others just total disasters like like Snap and others, right? Right, right. I think there's a, a bifurcation in tech, and I think we're going to have a paradigm. And when I say paradigm, I mean the word uh, literally, because I think it's going to last a while. Where the tech companies that did so well in the previous era you know, are really fueled by these uh, zero interest rates. Mm -hmm. And so they may not have had earnings or cash flows. They just showed uh, spectacular top-line growth and nobody cared about valuations. Mm -hmm. Now that interest rates are on the rise, I think uh, valuations uh, 
come to the fore and the companies that uh, do well have those old school metrics like um, you know sales growth plus earnings growth plus cash flow growth and they're reasonably valued you know with pe ratios that are 15 20 times not uh, 150 or 200 times and so i think that's what's happened you know you've seen some companies um, you know disastrously miss earnings and they had high valuations so they came down a lot mm-hmm. And then you had some other highly valued tech companies that even though they made their numbers, they still came down because the valuation wasn't right. And the ones that have done well are the ones that had uh, less punishing valuations to start with. Mm-hmm. And uh, they showed you know, that they could make the quarter and they could guide to the next quarter and even the next fiscal year with uh, increases regardless of what happens with the geopolitical stuff. So going forward, I think we need to be extra careful with tech and be in those true fundamentals and reasonable valuation stories because i think it's going to be a while before those others come back because their valuations were propelled by zero interest rates and we know that's now behind us right so a good balanced portfolio as we always recommend the folks being diversified right having some value having some growth uh, even in the growth world, though, you know, there are a lot of growth names that pay dividends, right? And, and cash flow in this kind of environment is, is king, right? So, you know, stocks yeah. that have, you know, dividends, uh, even if they're growthy kind of stocks, are, are probably going to be, you know, safer plays than, than maybe a stock that's got really loaded up with debt, right? Yeah, and there's a couple of examples. Uh, there's a company called Broadcom, ticker symbol AVGO, and their story is a little bit muddied because uh, they're spending a hell of a lot of money um, – almost uh, $60 billion on the acquisition, but they just reported a quarter. Um, fantastic results, and they're a rare tech company that pays a monster dividend. Mm-hmm. And then you have a couple of old school stories, which I think uh, have been out of favor for a long time, but now we'll be back in. You know, Even companies like uh, IBM and AT&T, mm-hmm. you get a five or 6% dividend, and after many years of shrinking, 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 both those companies have started to grow again. Right. Yeah, the valuations look extraordinarily attractive in some of those cases, yeah. too. Right. right. What about like a Microsoft or, or an Apple? You know, both stocks that are techy, growthy, pay a dividend, have gotten beat up lately. Yeah, I think uh, there could be some further pressure. But among the fangs that everybody likes, and then I add the M to the fangs, which is Microsoft, uh, I stay away from Facebook, which is now mm-hmm. called Meta. Right. And I would stay away from Amazon and I would stay away from Netflix. But, you know, for longer term investors, I think Microsoft will be fine. Mm -hmm. I think uh, Google, now called Alphabet, will be fine. And Apple will be fine. The problem with Apple is, at least in the near term, uh, 60% of their business comes from the iPhone. Mm -hmm. And those are mainly uh, manufactured in Asia and particularly in China. So they have a real China supply chain issue. Challenge, no doubt. Well, Paul, thank you so much for joining us. I really do appreciate it today. I'll let you uh, enjoy right. the rest of your afternoon. Okay, be All well. Right. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. All right, we got to take a very short break. That was Paul Meeks. He is one of our Charter Financial Analysts on our Investment Committee on Independent Solutions Wealth Management, our sister company that is an investment advisory firm. For more information, go to our website, thefinancialguys.com. You'll find a link there, and uh, we'll be right back on the other side of the break. You've got the Financial Guys, Glenn Wiggle and Mike Spraza in for Mike Lomas. We'll be right back here on the Financial Guys Media Network. 
The following program has been pre-recorded and is paid programming. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Independent Solutions Wealth Management. The financial guys in Independent Solutions are not an affiliate of Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. The political views on this show do not reflect the views of Peak Brokerage. This show is not intended to provide specific legal, tax, investment, or other professional advice. Please consult a professional for your specific situation. This radio show is for informational purposes only and is not intended to solicit or recommend any particular security. The information discussed is obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed. The economy tonight and gas prices now at an all-time high in this country. I understand what it feels like. I come from a family where when the, when the price of gas and food went up, we felt it. It was a discussion at the kitchen table. A gallon of gas now $4.37. Look, I know you got to be frustrated. I know. I can taste it by the time it takes to get anything done. Believe me, I understand the frustration. Now, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. Alrighty, welcome back. You've got the financial guys. Glenn Wiggle and Mike Sparaza in for Mike Lomas today, and I hope y'all have a uh, thoughtful and restful Memorial Day weekend. Uh, just remember, you know, as as you know, we, we talk about tragedies and all these things, you know, whether it be shootings or, or you know, a, a parade massacres, whatever, you know. Um, Right off the bat, again, you know, folks are out there, Kathy Hochul and others, you know, talking about restricting the First Amendment, uh, restricting the Second Amendment, restricting whatever. Um, you know, our, our, our soldiers, you know, fought and died for these rights, and we need to remember that these rights are sacred. And once they're gone, they don't come back. And the sacrifices that those that, you know, put their lives on the line to protect those very liberties that we hold near uh, we need to remember those folks, and we need to take very seriously any discussion about the curtailment of those liberties. And I know that there's, you know, we can discuss a, a gun control. I, I'm happy to have that debate, you know. But when you look at, you know, the last two shootings, and you know, people, you know, the, the a lot of politicians are out there clamoring for universal background checks. Both New York uh, Buffalo shooter and Texas shooter. And Parkland shooter. I keep throwing Parkland in there because we're only two and a half years from that tragedy as well. That happened February 14th, just a few years ago. And um, they're all similar patterns, right? Troubled kids, mentally ill, prior law enforcement run-ins. I don't know about this one in Texas as much, but certainly, you know, was known. I mean, my gosh, the kid in New York, it just turns out yesterday that a former FBI agent had a 30-minute conversation in one of these dark chat rooms where he potentially knew uh, that, that this kid was, was a mental uh, a case. Again, what does it take to put these things into the system? What do you, what do you have to put into the, to the instant background check system? You know, the other thing I haven't had a chance to look into, but I read an article on the podcast from Ann Coulter, and she references the Deinstitutionalization Act from 1969 and, and how we started to basically turn out into the streets mentally ill people that we would normally institutionalize. Now, I know we had a lot of uh, horrible, horrible abuses with the institutionalization of mentally ill people, even right here, shocker, in Democrat-run New York, where they were actually doing experiments on some of these poor folks. Uh, but that's no excuse to say shut them down and turn lunatics out onto the streets and then let them buy f high-powered firearms, for God's sakes. But neither the universal background check nor a ban on any sort of firearm would have stopped this particular kid. A lot of other things would have that we talked about in the previous hour. Okay. And let me let me say this, Glenn, too. I, I think we need to start 
looking at at the mental health thing more seriously and i'm not saying you and i i'm saying as a country because they don't want to talk about it because it hurts people's feelings right but we have to start talking about mental health and you look at look in the situation in buffalo a really racist individual made a a a disgusting act with with people of buffalo right this one is children that got attacked parkland is children the christmas parade is a bunch of christians that believe in christmas right, right? right. it's not about a subset of the population that's getting targeted when you right. think about it as a whole it's all groups all genders right. all races right. all people so, th- that are being yeah. attacked right so buffalo happened to be racist but but, yeah. but the, the guy was a madman right he right. he could have said anything I don't, I don't even know if this kid truly was he just happened to get into you know he had a weak mind he had a lunatic kind of dark mind and and again the other Thing we're not talking about and he referenced it himself the, the new york one we locked these kids down for two years we took away their whole social network we took away what yep. they thought was their future we took away their sports of interaction now maybe this kid in texas that was already gone it sounds like for this kid this kid was troubled it sounds like far before that it sounds like he comes from a troubled family it, it sounds like this kid just had a, a rough you know same thing with the with, with the with the kid in parkland just you know the kid had all kinds of issues growing up right it doesn't give us the excuse to say well the kid had all kinds of issues growing up so you know let him go in and buy a high-powered firearm and do whatever no 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 maybe we say let's get this kid into a mental institution and maybe it's not by choice and that's where i think that decrypt that deinstitutionalization act comes in you know you can only baker act people for three days now they let them back out at least it's three days in the past used to be able to put people in the in the home you know to institutions permanently Again, lots of abuses there. Those abuses can be fixed and 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 and, and reviewed, but but to just say shut them down and and not have any sort of uh, inpatient mental health, clearly it's not working. And, and I want to go back to Glenn to the the you know going through the background check. You look at cities like New York City, the the individual that just killed the uh, the man on the subway, yeah, right? Tragic. Nineteen prior felons or prior right, right, uh, right. run-ins with the law. You look at the city of Chicago. Right? right, those are not legal firearms, folks. So anybody thinks that everybody's just going in Chicago no. buying? This right. is the problem. And then you have you have Mayor Lightfoot this week. This is unacceptable gun violence, Mayor. Gun violence. Your city's the worst city in the world. Right, the worst city in the right. world. Well, she's it, protected it, with guns. She she's allowing people to be slaughtered on her streets. Right. You know what? You're going to see statistics out there over the next coming weeks. The gun control will be a huge election issue, and you're going to see statistics like. You know, we're number three in the world for gun murders or whatever. When you take out Chicago, Detroit, Baltimore, uh, Philadelphia, New York City, you know, L.A., when you take out the major Democrat-run cities, we actually drop on the list of like 189 countries. We're like 175th. Seriously. So, you know, but I, look, again, we, we, we definitely have a, a, a violence issue, but you're, gonna, you're glorifying criminals in this country. And to your point, you're letting them out. You're letting right. them out. Again, it's garbage in, garbage out. If you're not going to update the systems, background checks don't work. If you're going to let criminals with prior gun offenses back out on the street, it gun control doesn't work. I, I don't. And the guy in New York City, Glenn, not one incident, not five, no, 19. not 10, right. not 15. I mean, 19. Right. How many more right. do you need? Right. How 40? many more do you need? <laughs> right. 19. 19. And he walks up and he shoots an innocent guy in a, in a subway car for no apparent reason whatsoever. Senseless violence. Maybe he was mentally ill. Probably. I mean, again, some, how many homeless folks on the streets are, 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 are totally mentally ill, right? Yep. They don't, it's not good for them not to be in an institution, right? Yep. It, it's yep. almost like we want to have this compassion to say, well, 
God, it was horrible to institutionalize people. We have to let them out. You know, that dude living in a cardboard box, not probably good for him. Let's right. be honest with ourselves. Like he, they, they, they might need actual help. They, they maybe should they, they should be an institution potentially. Can, can we have this conversation as a nation? Or are we going to talk about AR-15s of background checks? Because again, let's say let's say we agree. Okay, you win. No more AR-15s. No more background checks. Does it stop Buffalo? And does it stop uh, Texas? And does it stop the Parkland shooter? Because I can think of a dozen other weapons that's not an AR-15. That could have done the exact same thing. And all three of them went through background checks and had prior violent incidents and run-ins with the police. Again, I'm not sure about the Texas one, but definitely Buffalo and and Florida. And and Glenn, I'm going to add on top of that, background checks and common sense gun laws, as they say, are not going to stop Chicago. They're not going to stop the New York City guy. It's just just not going to stop. Well, they're not going to stop the parade guy who drove his car through and killed six and injured 60 or whatever the death toll was there. Right. I mean, you know, at some point, some, you know, common sense has to come together, and I don't think it will at this point because it hasn't in years. But we have to look at this stuff, and again, as a whole with the mental health issue, because I don't know how many more of these things you're going to see that it, there always is a trail. You're going to see a lot. Happening. Yeah, you're going to see a lot. I said I this two years ago. Mike said this two years ago. You lock down people for two years and, 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 and you leave them, you know, isolated. Bad things happen. And you're seeing that. Again, the, the Buffalo kid, he's not a buff, from Buffalo, the Buffalo yep. shooter, excuse me. I don't yep. mean to misspeak. Yep. The, 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 the madman, the lunatic, uh, the racist that perpetuated the Buffalo shooting was he cited, again, yep. you got to take a, with a grain of salt what a lunatic writes, right? Yep. But if you do take it at, at all, you look at it, he said, I was locked down for two years, I was isolated, and I found with my when I was alone by myself these dark reaches of the Internet, which apparently he was talking with an FBI agent. Look, go figure. Yep. Again. Like, and, and if I could say this too, and then we can maybe grab a break and bring Russ yeah, on. I, yeah. I think I think the craziest thing to me too is we don't look at the fact that 59 million people are on welfare, rotting their brains, doing nothing every day. You wonder why our level of mental health is so much higher than maybe other countries are. Well, that's why because people aren't using their brains. They're sitting there at home. They're playing well, video games. They're on chats like like the kid in Buffalo was. I mean, you're you're just wasting away. Well, and how about the how, how about the acceptance of some of this drug use? I mean, right. my God, even Gail Bernstein, what is the matter with our leadership? Right. Ga- Gail, right. Erie County Health Commissioner, I'll, 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 I'll tell you what she said on the other side of this break, because yep. it, I, I read it and I'm, I, was, I, I was shocked, actually. I really was. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> you're, you're a, you're, you're, this is the same woman that was handing out condoms the, the, was happy about it, though. But, Don't forget. But, but this is the and new, but this is, you know, be proud of yourself if you're doing the right kind of drugs and you're doing them safely. That's the new Democrat yeah. mantra. Well, I'll talk a little yeah. bit about that on the other yeah. side of this break, as long as with what Gail said uh, just this week, which to me is really just getting absurd. We'll be right back. You've got the financial guys. If you need us throughout the week, again, 833-FIN-GUYS, the website, thefinancialguys.com. You've got Mike Sparaza in for Mike Lomas. I'm Glenn Wiggle. We are the financial guys. We'll be right back on the financial guys media network all righty welcome back everybody another uh, another tough week here unfortunately i you know i i wish we could get back to doing uh you know political hit job shows honestly i, I love taking tasks you know the uh, democrats a task with some of the stupidity that comes out of their mouths but sadly you know we, we've got to you know we're talking again about you know some of the tragedy that we have in this country when it comes to gun violence and this most recent shooting in, in Alveda and our hearts and prayers go out to all the families just the more you learn the worse it becomes and and uh and again we're holding kind of back the judgment the best i can on uh, on the police response but it looks uh 
let's look good. But anyway, moving on, you know, we were talking about, you know, we talked about, um, you know, Barack Obama's tweet about, you know, but don't forget George Floyd. And, and we were talking about the, over the break about, you know, the fact that, you know, when you glorify certain behaviors, when you accept certain behaviors, when you allow certain behaviors, you're going to get more of that behavior. And I, I made the joke over the break. I won't use the same language, but I said, <laughs> if you allow your dog to pee on your floor and you don't you don't correct your dog, then your dog is going to pee on your floor, right? If you accept that your dog is peeing in your house, your dog is going to continue to pee in your house. So this is a, this is a, a, seems to be a new campaign in New York from New York Democrats, and I don't know what their thought process is behind this, but this seems to be sweeping across the state now. This is a poster in New York, and it's a quote from Florence in Manhattan. Seems like a nice young lady. Here's her quote, and these are posters all over New York City now. Don't be ashamed you're using. Be empowered that you're using safely. No big deal. You know, don't, no problem. Don't, don't be ashamed that you're shooting up heroin. Just make sure you're shooting it up safely and feel empowered. Empowered? Empowered? What are you talking about, empowered? This is insanity, this acceptance of it. This is what Gail Bernstein said uh, 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 this, this past week. Now, she means well. Don't get me wrong. She's trying to warn people, again, about fentanyl, okay? But here's her quote. This is reported from uh, Ron Plants at WGRZ. Uh, on, on, he, he tweeted this out as a, as a quote from Gail Bernstein. Quote, cocaine right now is very dangerous. It's laced with fentanyl. It's not like the old cocaine that your grandmother used to, used to use or your mom used to use. Really? I, I don't ever recall my grandmother or my mother being a cocaine user. But no, the way she I. says it is so cavalier, like, oh, this is not the old cocaine that used to be just fine. Oh, no, because I, 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 I don't know. I was thinking about the old cocaine that put thousands and thousands of people in jail that ruined millions of lives in this country, right? Whether it be crack or cocaine or otherwise. No, cocaine is never good, gal. I don't care if it's your old grandmother's cocaine or today's cocaine. Drug use is bad, especially uh, 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 addictive drugs like cocaine and heroin. It's not, oh, it's no, it just, look, if this was your old grandmother's cocaine, it'd be no problem. Go have a great time, kids. What are you She's talking about? As if it's like a glass of bourbon or a, a cigarette or something. This is our health commissioner. Nobody in leadership should be talking this way, okay, to say, oh, the old cocaine, that was just fine. And Glenn, you you know my story with with family members Good of mine Lord. that were addicted to crack and addicted to heroin. I know it better than anybody. I saw Man. it growing up all the time. These people don't realize whether it's good heroin, I'm putting that in air quotes, or right. fentanyl-laced heroin, right? right? There's no good heroin. It's bad. There's no good cocaine. That's right. And the people that do these drugs are generally either addicted and useless because they're they're right. withdrawing 24-7. They're not getting good jobs. They're not using their brains every day. And be honest with you, guess how they get a lot of these drugs, folks? They go steal things. They Look, go injure people. That's right. If you want to put a poster up, how about this? Feel empowered to get help. Right. Feel empowered to take control of your life. There's get help the out there for you. There's counseling. There's rehabilitation centers. There's detox centers. How about that? How about that message? How about feel empowered to take back control of your life and beat the demons of drug and alcohol abuse? How about that empowerment? No, no, no. In New York, we want you to feel empowered because you're doing the right kind of drugs in a safe way. 
And don't forget, I don't even know what to say about shiny that. new needles that you can use to Gosh, do it too. Those, those I, really nice needles that you can shoot up with. I mean, you, you can't make this stuff up we, anymore. And and Gail Bernstein, Glenn, this is the same woman handing out condoms and right, uh, right. and, and Narcan, Narcan on cans. Good Friday, on Good Friday, uh, and, Narcan, we, yeah. and we wonder yeah. why there's a deterioration with our young men and women in this country. We wonder how the culture rot. You know, because again, we didn't have mass shootings 50 years ago. Well, we did, but we didn't have near as many of them. We had roughly four a year 50 years ago. We have about 27 a year now, right? A traumatic increase. What's changed? Because the same level of guns are in the same level of households across about 45% of households in this country have guns, right? What's changed in this country? There's a lot of things that change, right? Mental health has changed, right? The, the, you know, a lot of things have changed. There's been a, a general deterioration of society. You know, from from you know uh, uh, the glorification of violence again from our leaders, right? Maxine Waters. If you see them out in a department store at a gasoline station, right? People saying, "I want to punch them in the face," right? <laughs> I want to burn down the White House. Like, how much violent rhetoric have we heard over the last five years? I'm not saying that's the only thing, but there's a lot of culture out in this country going on, and and I think that's something else we need to be addressing. And these are the same people, too, Glenn, that are putting in laws where you don't get arrested if you steal less than $1,000 right. worth of merchandise right. from stores, right? right. Or, or, you know, hey, if you, if, you, if you don't violently commit a crime, we'll let you out. But the definition of violent is right. beating somebody up is fine and, right. you know, maybe killing someone. How many murderers, Glenn, have we seen or people that have committed real serious crimes get out a day later? Murderers. A lot. Too many. It's unbelievable. Right. It's crazy. I was just going to say murderers don't count, but they do because they let yeah. them out too. How, how many? How many folks that have had multiple prior gun uh, violence uh, or, yeah. or or gun you know uh, uh, illegal gun arrests are just right back out there? It, yeah. Again, we have laws, folks. We can you can make you want to go out there and make fifty five thousand more laws on gun control. You go for it. But if you really want to solve these problems then let's have an honest conversation about things that we can actually do and some of the problems that we really do have. We've got some sick people in this country, no question. We've got some sick people in this world. Let's not forget people like, that doesn't happen anywhere else. I, I remember a pretty tragic event. I believe it was in Norway. It was a, somewhere in, in you know, Sweden and Norway where that guy actively targeted a, day, a, a, a camp with kids. That was horrendous. It does happen, right? There's mentally ill people in this world. But in this country, think about this. We, we talked about this in the podcast. The latest budget spends $4 billion on mental health, spends $400 billion plus on Ukraine, right? Yep. It's, it's just, or on gun control, I'm sorry. 40, $4 billion for mental health, $40 billion for Ukraine, $400 plus billion for gun control. We've got that backwards. But anyway. And Glenn, before we bring in Russ, can we just say one more thing? Yeah. Too? Can we talk about prescription drugs Absolutely. and how we hand those out like Tic Tacs? For right? sure. Because that's like, the solution like, to everything, just, Mike. Right, right. Here, here. You're, you're feeling upset. Your, your day stunk. Okay, here's some antidepressants. Like that. That's not the way to fix mental health, by the way, right? Right. Loading kids and, and young adults up on drugs is not the answer right. to, to fix that problem. No, it's not. It's not, and and uh, and sadly, it's it's just too easy, and 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 it becomes oftentimes a gateway to other things. But anyway, yeah. all right, we we got to move on. I I, I, I I I'm sorry to keep coming back to this. It's it's hard not to with with all the the you know it's like breaking news on a regular basis. But anyway, uh, Russ, I wanted to bring you on. Obviously, again, one of our, our very talented financial professionals at the Financial Guys. Um, you know, we've got a, a lot of of just great folks that do a lot of different things, and and you are one of our Dave Ramsey certified instructors, and I wanted you to talk a bit about that because i know that's super important uh for a lot of folks especially as we have inflation taking a big bite out of people's budgets 
Yeah, thanks for having me on. Oh, I'm you sorry we're out of time, Russ. we got to take it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, we are close to a break. Take <laughs> a couple minutes. I'll, I'll keep you over the break, I promise. That's a, a Mike and I joke. But no, just got, <laughs> sorry. Guys. No problem. <laughs> so a lot of what we do uh, with the Ramsey stuff uh, help, help, help people uh, experience hope with their finances, get on the right path to doing the right things, building the money muscles, getting their financial homes in order. Um, and when you do that, you can, you're can you better braced to handle high levels of inflation or anything that's kind of happening uh, right. financially in the country around the world. Uh, lately, there's been a lot of talk about recession and mm-hmm. uh, fear and panic and, oh, are we going into a recession? And so I wanted to just spend a little time uh, giving some hope with some practical tips on getting your financial house in order to the listeners uh, because let's face it recession is just part of the normal business cycle we we go through them we go through periods of growth and we go through periods of recession it's just not if but when it's going to happen now mike is next to you hoping that you're going to start with saving money on your home and auto as a way to 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 curtail your budget i was waiting for it i was waiting for it (laughs) (laughs) no i mean i i think you know russ we've worked a lot together and i think it's it's awesome because you're doing a great job of of helping people with their finances and one way to do that is maybe talking to brian faraci's team in in the medicare department or my team and it's an easy savings you know if, Mm. if you're overpaying of course but you know you've done an awesome job of of really looking at important areas where people can can shave down some some premiums some monthly budgets whatever it may be right well there's you know two sides of the equation there's the income there's the outgo and uh it, we we look at both yep. right because sometimes it is an income problem we have to work more uh but a lot of times too it's uh we're spending too much on the things like home and auto and that we may not realize um but it's really about focusing where we should put those hard-earned dollars as well um and when it comes to a recession or inflation um, you know, everyone's in a different position. Some people have loads of debt that they're strangle, there's a stranglehold on their finances with high monthly output of their cash uh, to their car loans, to their credit cards, to student loans. We talked about the student loan crisis yeah. pretty, pretty frequently. Um, so those that, you know, are heavy in debt, you know, uh, and there's a recession coming, there's a couple things to consider. Do you have a steady job? If you do, um, you want to work, you know, Work a plan to pay off your debt to free up that cash flow, keep more of your hard-earned money. Um, but to those who you know are really worried about a job loss, maybe during a, an economic contraction, um, you're going to just want to make sure that you're really covering the things that are important. Uh, you know, food, utilities, shelter, transportation, mm-hmm. and then prioritize from there. It's basically right. a needs versus wants. Needs thing. and wants for sure. I was just going to say, you got to break it down between needs and wants. We got to take, we do have to take a very break, quick break. I will come back on the other side. We'll talk more about this and how to control your budget. We'll talk more about the market as well. And I've got a few more comments or some more news that I, I've just uh, been made aware of when it comes to uh, this tragedy in Texas. So we'll take a very short break. We've got the financial guys, Glenn Wiggle and uh, Mike Sparaza, and now Russ Geyser as well for Mike Lomas. We'll be back here on the other side of the break on the financial guys media network. All right, welcome back. You've got the financial guys, Glenn Wiggle and Mike Sparaza in for Mike Lomas, and also we're joined by Russ Geyser as well. If you need us throughout the week, folks, we do manage money for a living. You can reach us at the office, 833-FINGUYS. Go to our website for more information, thefinancialguys.com. There you will find all of our social media links, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and more. You'll find our podcast information as well, TFG Truth, the Financial Guys podcast. I know, Mike, you've been doing a phenomenal job getting some incredible interviews. We didn't have the chance to talk about that yet, but maybe we'll get to that in a little bit. 
um, you know, our Medicare department, all the different departments that we have, Medicare, home and auto, um, you know, and much, much more. Go to our website, use it as a resource, use us as a resource, thefinancialguys.com. You can also email us questions to that website. We get about, you know, three, four or five questions a day uh, that are coming into the website. Not everything can be answered through an email. So, you know, when you when you write in a question like, hey, what do you think about, you know, uh, uh, Apple stock? Well, I don't know anything about you. Like, I, that's you, th- that kind of question we just can't answer, right? If, now, if you say, look, at, here's my my portfolio here's my retirement income here's when i'm going to retire here's my risk tolerance what do you think about apple okay fine you know we got some data that we can review to say does this fit or not fit into your portfolio but oftentimes there are questions that we can answer uh, pretty easily so again use this as a resource thefinancialguys.com if you think like us we're happy to help and if you don't think like us we're happy to help as well it's just that we're not going to respond to you know threats and stupidity all right back to russ we were talking about budgeting and uh, you know some of the um, some of the, the principles uh, of dave Ramsey, especially when it comes to tackling debt. And I want to talk about debt for a second, because these are the times we've had zero interest rates for a long, long time. Lots of people have been able to utilize debt very effectively, credit card debt, home equity debt, things like that. But now as interest rates are going higher, suddenly those interest payments on some of this debt becomes much more substantial inside of your budget. What's the process if somebody says, you know what, I want to become debt-free, which, you know, if interest rates stay high for a long time, is, you know, becomes a much more attractive type of thing. You know, there are different ways to skin a cat, right? There are different principles, different philosophies, different uh, strategies. There's not one right or wrong strategy. I want to stress that. You know, the Dave Ramsey strategy is limited all debt. I think there's some good debt, right? I have a mortgage for sub-3%. I'm making 6% now based on where interest rates are. I think that's good debt, right? But if you are somebody who wants to tackle debt or maybe you're somebody who is you know, struggling under debt because it's now become a bigger part of your budget with higher interest rates, how do people go about attacking that, Russ? There's a specific psychological strategy I think that's really important for people to understand. Yeah, Dave Ramsey, of course, is uh, anti-debt. Uh, what he really prioritizes getting out of consumer debt above the mortgage piece Um it's important to get rid of your mortgage by the time you retire is really kind of what his stance is and his goal is just to help your uh, help your uh, expenses in retirement when you have more of a static income. Right. But uh, in terms of consumer debt, you know, the first thing you need to do is you need to be on a budget because you need to know where your money is going um, because you can really get out of control spending without that. Um, the, perhaps the most important thing is just to commit to staying out of debt because it would be intellectually dishonest if you continue to go into it while you're trying to get out. Right. Okay. Um, but the principle of getting out of this consumer debt is called the debt snowball. And it's where you take, you list out your debts, smallest to largest. So smallest balance to largest balance. You list out all the minimums on every, every one of them. You're on your budget. So you know what you can, you can uh, commit to those debt payments. You pay all the minimums and then all the extra on that smallest debt until it's paid off. Once that's paid off, you take the minimum from that debt, everything you were paying on it, and roll it all to the next one, and then so on and so forth until you pay them off. Now, if this was a math problem, uh, you would say, you know, well, let's just line these up by interest rate. The problem is it's not, not a math problem. It's a behavior problem. Uh, if it were a math problem, you probably wouldn't have used the credit card right. finance things over a long <laughs> yeah, period of time to begin exactly. with. <laughs> so it's to develop quick wins and to really chew through uh, those debts as quick as possible to uh, to improve your cash flow monthly. There's a big psychological benefit 
to accomplishing a task and moving on to the next task, accomplishing paying off a credit card and moving on to the next one. You know, I try to go through my kids with homework like that, right? Just get, get the ease. Sometimes, it's, sometimes the, the mentality is I want to tackle the hardest thing first. And then you get hung up on the hardest thing, and all the easy things don't get done. So now nothing gets done, mm-hmm. right? So the principle is, is, is more, you know, knock out all the easy things. Get those out of your life because at least you get those done. If you don't get the hard thing done right away, that's okay. But you look at all the things you've accomplished along the way to get there. And it just gives you that sense of empowerment. You want to talk about empowerment, back to that. Um, you know, that, that you're capable of doing these things. When you start to see those debts roll off and they're gone, like that is, wow, what a good feeling. I'll never forget when I was out of college. I, I graduated college with some credit card debt. Not a ton, but, you know, you know several thousand dollars worth. And I, didn't, I didn't come out cash flow positive, let's put it that way. Um, but, you know, it took me a little bit of time to pay it off, but I did. And, you know, now, you know, for what decades now, I pay off all my credit cards every single month. You know, I don't want to pay any interest. My wife and I both is what we agreed to. And but but I remember back that feeling of empowerment of, wow, it's like getting that monkey off your back, like getting that, you know, uh, you know, getting that that albatross from around your neck uh, gone is, is just a wonderful feeling. And it frees up cash flow to do positive things with, like put it in a Roth IRA or save for a house or, or a wedding or whatever it might be. Right, and that's just the point. And and more importantly, it's once you get out of that debt, okay, now how do I prioritize this excess cash flow? And one thing you want to do, especially you know, knowing recessions happen, is to have an emergency fund. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, of three to six months of cash on hand to three three to, of six mo- three to six months of expenses of cash on hand, um, just in case uh, you lose your job or something happens, COVID happens, a pandemic, right? Who'd ever thought of right. that coming? But it gives you it gives you power and it gives you uh, um, a lot of different choices when when you're faced with a situation like that, right? Um, and then uh, more importantly, probably is investing for retirement. So rather than padding, uh, you know, the bank's pockets uh, with with credit card uh, interest, you can use that and turn it around for investment accounts, Roth IRAs, uh, your 401k, those types of things. And, um, you know, with a recession looming, I think it's important just to mention you want to stay in the market. Uh, the, the worst thing you can do is get scared and, and jump out on fear. You want to make sure that you're staying in the market. Uh, and realizing the writing those things out. Yeah, I think having a, a plan helps that, right? You know, knowing that, hey, I've got this diversified portfolio. We are going to rebalance. I don't need this money for five or 10 or more years. You know, knowing mm-hmm. where you're going and having a plan makes it a lot less scary when you get a little bit lost, right? When, when the markets get choppy, you know, if you've got a GPS, right, and you, and you know where you're going, right, you can you can correct the course if you get off track, right? It's it's not. But if you don't have a GPS and you don't know where you're going, you know, then it's like uh, you know you're you're just you can it can be scary, right? You get lost in the forest. You don't know where you are. You got that. You don't have a compass to to know where you're supposed to go, and and that becomes a a scary feeling that people then beca- start to make investment decisions based upon, and that's the worst thing you can do, right? Have a plan. Have a compass, have a roadmap. You know, I can give you a thousand and six analogies, but, you know, it's, it is important. It does make a difference, you know, knowing that, hey, you know what? Yeah, the markets are down right now, but I'm only 50. I'm not going to retire until I'm 65. And I'm putting money away in my 401k or my deferred comp or whatever it might be. And this is a great opportunity maybe to increase that a little bit and buy some of these shares a little bit cheaper. This stuff is on sale right now. It's not always going to be on sale. It might be on sale for a while, but. 
you know, if you're in a different position, maybe you're a year away from retirement, well, then you may have to make some adjustments to make sure that you preserve, but you should have been doing that along the way, right? You should have been harvesting gains and, you know, being to bucketize. We call it asset segmentation, just a fancy word for bucketizing your money and making sure that you've got, you know, a safe bucket, not only for, for emergencies, but also that can provide, you know, more near-term income in, say, two to five years. So our typical plan for somebody to insulate them from, you know, market volatility when they're to their income point, you know, go to Ron's seminar this week and you'll find out more details on it. But the idea is to use asset segmentation. So take a portion of your money that you're going to need income for over the next couple of years. You can use, again, there's multiple strategies. That's only one, but you put that into a bucket that's not going to lose money so that when you do have market volatility, you don't have to worry about drawing from a bucket that may be down or liquidating more shares at a discounted price, right? There's different strategies to use. We Sometimes we use uh, immediate income streams by different products that we can use. That's another very effective strategy. Sometimes people have enough wealth where we don't need to carve out a bucket like that. We can just simply drive the income that they need from dividends and interest. That's a great position to be in. Not everybody is in that position. But like I said, there are multiple strategies. There is no cut and dry right or wrong answer. It's about what strategy is going to fit best for you, and but but having a strategy and knowing the plan because it, it makes life a lot better when, when the markets are going up and down five, 600 points to know that, hey, I have a plan. My folks are doing what they need to do. We're, we just did a rebalance in the last two weeks. We have been going through this rebalance for the last couple of weeks. You know, we're, we're, we're buying down on the market and, and, and shuffling the portfolio around, right? These are things we did that back in January, or, or I should actually this year, we did it in December, a month ahead of schedule. December, we took some gains off the table, moved it to more conservative things. Now, the markets are down. We're rebalancing again. What does that force us to do? Take money out of some of those more conservative things, put it to things that are down, right? Is it going to go up from there? or down further? I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball, but I know that it's cheaper than it was. And if you've got a longer term time horizon, now it probably might be an okay time to invest. You just have to remember having a plan allows you to do that, right? Knowing what that plan is in advance. It's like having an exit plan for an emergency, whether it's a, God forbid, a, a school shooting or, or more likely a fire, right? Everybody is supposed to have a plan of where you're supposed to meet, where are the exits, right? You do fire drills for a reason, but people neglect their investments. A lot of times people just don't have a plan, and it makes no sense. But anyway, Russ, thank you so much. Any last, uh, you got any seminars coming up or workshops or anything you want to plug? Uh, we just had one uh, last week, but just keep your eyes out uh, for the website and your ears open on the on the uh, radio show the next quarter. So we'll have another uh, seminar uh, talking about this stuff. All right, fantastic. And, of course, if, uh, if you want to go through that program or you want to uh, talk to Russ, you can call him at the office. And our main office in the Williamsville location at 833-FIN-GUYS. Again, 833-FIN-GUYS. Thank you so much for joining us, Russ. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, we'll come back on the other side of the break. I just want to mention a few other things um, in regards to uh, this text. There's a few more pieces of information that have come out that I wanted to uh, at least mention, and then uh, we'll wrap up talking about maybe a little bit of uh, PNC and uh, home and auto and some other places that you can uh, potentially save money without uh, you know changing your lifestyle too much. So again, if you need us throughout the week, folks, 833-FIN-GUYS or thefinancialguys.com. We will be right back here on the Financial Guys Media Network. Alrighty, welcome back to the final segment of the Financial Guys. We're going to wrap up kind of a lot to try to slip in here. We did talk some stock. We did have 
uh, a Paul Meeks on. We got our guests in. We talked about the, the tragic shootings. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. A few more things there. Didn't have a chance to talk about the World Economic Forum and the uh, and and the WHO. I, I know that they're talking this week about you know amending one of the treaties, the WHO that that gives the WHO the ability to you know lock down you know the world and whatnot and, and ceding power to them. And, and all I can think of is, you know, thank God for our founding fathers and the separation of state powers and, and uh, you know, how they structured this country and the whole federalism and, you know, and whatnot. You know, it, I just I can't imagine that a Governor DeSantis or a Governor Abbott or any of these states are going to allow some some unelected bureaucrat from a foreign agency like the WHO to dictate their policy in their, their state. It's just not going to happen. And as long Did as you happen has, to see their dinner, Glenn? Did you happen uh, to see the dinner just, they had? Just, the whole thing, dude. The security, the private yeah. flights in. You know, yeah. don't lecture me on climate yeah. change while you fly around the world on your private jet after you hop skip from your multiple mansions on your multiple yachts. You know, kiss my my lily white behind for god's sakes it's ridiculous <laughs> i'm sorry it just look you want to walk the walk and talk the talk or whatever the saying is walk, to walk the talk or talk the walk or whatever that whatever the i'm butchering whatever they're supposed to be but the, the hypocrisy the, the thing is with these elites is it's not that they're just hypocritical they think truly that they're better people they are the chosen few elites of the world, right? Bill Gates is better than you in his mind, right? He's a billionaire. He's going to inoculate all of Africa. He knows what he's doing. You're the unwashed masses. Think about the way that these folks talk about you, right? They loathe us. That They do, these elites, right? Think about Harry Reid. Remember when Harry Reid said of Washington, oh, the smell and the stench of the tourists because it was hot in D.C. because of global warming or the lack of air, whatever it was. But the way that they, the basket of deplorables, Hillary Clinton, they despise you and they despise us. All of us, you Democrats too, they despise you too, Right. Whether you're a working class person or whatever, you're not part of the club. There's a private club out there. And this is for George Carlin. I'll quote him. And you ain't in it. <laughs> right? Yeah, and, uh, and to Glenn, to that point, to, to, for Democrats, too, they don't care about you and no, your family no, and what you do. No. They care about your vote. They yeah, like your vote. And patting but their that's wallet. what all they care that's about. That's it. Yeah. And, and that's not yeah. just Democrats. That's Republicans, too. Right? They don't care. Mm-hmm. Right? Paul Ryan, he was Mr. Conservative, Speaker of the House, Vice Presidential Candidate, Balanced Budget Guy, until somebody got to him one way, shape, or form. And then, you know, he, you know, he retires with multi-million dollar mansions, and, and he's good, right? He passed. After that, he voted for, uh, uh, miraculously, his net worth went from zero to like $20 million. And miraculously, after that happened, he voted for every single continuing spending resolution and increased budget. Every one of them, <laughs> one that he, you know. So how does how does that happen, right? M- money, or th- or threats of something, right? I don't know what that exactly is. However, there was testimony this past week about how the FBI was trying to plant uh, uh, child porn on uh, on Cheryl Atkinson's uh, husband's computer. That is our pinned tweet, by the way, and will stay there for quite some time. So if you haven't seen that interview, uh, go to our Twitter page at FinGuys and just look at the pinned tweet. It's crazy, but anyway, that didn't get out in the media, did it? No, no, no. Yeah. I wanted to mention uh, just, just just circling back on a, on a few things. Uh, well, I'll, I'll hold off on that. One more thing I want to mention. Um, this from the Washington uh, uh, New York Post how COVID restrictions could lead to an uptick in unusual illnesses. 
They're talking about how wearing masks and isolating are have now crushed the immune system of especially young kids, and they're seeing all kinds of illnesses that normally would be gone and not worried about now pop up. Now, who said that two years ago? Lots of people, including Mike and Glenn, right? The other thing this week we found out about, we talked about this on our podcast. I love this one. Millions of dollars worth, roughly four and a half million dollars, a billion dollars worth of New York State clean. Right? Open the curtain, please. <laughs> right? I probably have that on one of my sound clips somewhere here. Right? Open the curtain, please. Right? And uh, so, now, Mike and I said literally two years ago that you will find someday. Mike said ten years from now you're going to find them all rotting in a warehouse. Well, it didn't take ten years. It only took two years. And now here we are. We have four and a half million dollars worth of New York State clean. Much of it expired. Is now <laughs> they found rotting out in a, uh, a, a a field somewhere covered in tarps. Nice job again, as usual. Uh, Didn't even have the respect to put it in a warehouse no. in a field. That's 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 brutal. as expected, right? As expected, yeah. right? As as predicted again by you know Mike and Glenn and about you know 4000 other people that knew exactly what was going to happen right have, who have seen this show before right and i'm sure that's not the only stuff that's that that's not the only location where it's just sitting rotting out i'm sure there's other locations too right yeah no uh, doubt about I, it i mean you know Glenn, I mean, you guys had said it, and we're seeing it now with some of these issues with with COVID. People not going back to work, right? Oh, yeah. Mike always says, yeah. fifty nine million people on welfare. Right. You have, you know, you have mental health issues. We talked about that at length already today because of people that just didn't didn't have the will to go to work anymore or do anything because they were told it's best to stay home. Right. You lose that contact with friends and family. You know, it, it's. I, I will give you guys credit. You guys hit the nail on the head when this first started in in March of 2020, and here we are two years later, and it's getting worse and worse by the day. Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate, and there's a lot of you know sad instances. People that have missed cancer diagnoses, you know, people that are are uh, have missed other uh, other diagnoses and whatnot. This is uh, this is. But hey, monkeypox is here. Monkeypox monkey yeah. is here. Follow yeah. the facts. That's not the right one, but uh, it's a nice <laughs> we did it already. We did it already. The fact that he's going to walk away and not face any sort of prosecution is just sickening. All right, just a couple more things uh, before we wrap up here. Um, let's see if I can go back to this here. I can go back to my main screen, I hope. Wait a minute. There it is. Okay. Um, this, this, I don't know how true this is, so I, I, I want to just report this with a, with a grain of salt. Th- this, was being, this was reported, though, I saw online, and then I also saw uh, Texas Representative Gonzalez uh, mention this. Um, there was two juveniles that were arrested um, four years ago, that it, in in Alveda, I guess that had threatened to shoot up in 2022 this school. This uh, Texas representative uh, Gonzalez is alleging that one of those two was the Texas shooter of this particular school. I, I that's not yet been confirmed, from what I understand. But if it is indeed found out to be the case, then yet again. You have a situation where somebody is known the police, has a prior arrest for threats. If it is indeed true, I'll just play. I'll just play the clip because this is this is the interview on Fox News uh, as of yesterday morning. I'll just play a little bit of it. Um, again, I don't know if he's got information. I don't. I don't know that that has been verified that it's the same two individuals. But if it's not the same two individuals. Who's watching those two individuals, right? Right now. Right now. Right now. Right? If you have two individuals that were – let me just play this clip. You know, this – the shooter was arrested years ago, four years ago, 
for having for, for having this plan for basically saying for saying you know when i'm a senior in 2022 i'm going to shoot up a school and this was four years ago they apprehended him. so some something fell out between the cracks between then and now that to allow this to happen we need to we need to shake out all the facts we need to figure out what happened where the the the, the, the holes and we need to make sure it doesn't happen again. But if law enforcement, uh, you know, identified him four years ago as a threat, we need to figure out why he wasn't, you know, how he got removed from that. So Car- that was yesterday. Uh, he's a congressman from Texas. That was that was uh, uh, Texas Representative Gonzalez on Fox News. I don't know that that has yet been verified. So, again, please take that with a grain of salt. Go ahead. And if it is, Glenn, too, they really dropped the ball because oh, gotcha. they came out the other day and said, oh, they, there was no prior arrest, no prior nothing. If he was apprehended, that's an arrest to me. If this well, they, they looked at... Right. They... they, they uh you know they they ran out with that pretty quick, didn't they? Right. Um, right. But but even still, right. you know, let's say he wasn't arrested. Okay. Let's say he was just picked up. Okay. If this kid was known to have made prior threats, I'm going to shoot up this school. My question, and again, I'm asking people like Dave McKinley, Hannah Bueller. We got some great reporters here in Western New York. My question is this, and maybe you can, maybe if you know this, maybe you're law enforcement, maybe you just have a expertise in 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 in, uh, in 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 firearms. I don't know. Maybe you're a firearms dealer. Please let me know. I, I really do want to honestly know. Is it because he's a juvenile? What are reported in these systems? Are they seal? Are they sealing records of violent offenses from juveniles? They did in the Parkland, Texas shooter. They did. They sealed his records. That was a big thing. That's a big part of the the book, Why Meadow Died. And I would urge everybody who have their kids in school, grandkids in school, or just cares about kids in school, please go read Why Meadow Died. It's by the father of, of Meadow, you know, Andrew Pollack, uh, down in Florida. And it's, it's eye-opening as far as some of the stuff that we've done to seal records of juveniles. And if that's the case, Glenn, if that's the case, why was that not fixed two and a half years ago, if that's the case? Right. But right, like what you're saying, right. like they should have said immediately after that, right. okay, that's it. No more sealing right. Right. You know, juvenile so, records. That's it. So so in this particular this this latest, you know, according to Texas Representative Gonzalez, if this is indeed true, then why is there not a flag in the system? If it's not true, who's watching those two kids? Because seriously. You know, and Buffalo. How many of these kids are known? Again, in Buffalo, exactly in New York, this yep. kid did have a prior arrest, from what I understand. Did threaten to shoot up a school? Why? How are these things not in the system? Now, I know we have to be careful with red flag laws because you have abuse for sure with those types of things, right? But I think you can pretty easily vet somebody by going online, looking at their history, blah blah blah, and and, and maybe having a couple of conversations with them, maybe a couple, maybe conversations with their friends. What would we have gleaned from conversations with these people's friends? A lot, a lot could have been prevented. Sadly, it, it wasn't. Again, and here we are. So, hearts and prayers go out to all the families again. Let's hope that we're talking about not something like this next weekend. I hope everybody has a respectful and peaceful Memorial Day weekend and. God bless everybody. On behalf of Mike Lomas, Mike Sprouse, thanks for joining me. Appreciate it today. And uh, if you need home and auto help, by the way, we didn't have a chance to talk about that today, sadly. But uh, give us 14 minutes, and we'll shop over 25 companies to save you money. 833-FINGUYS or thefinancialguys.com. All right, we are The Financial Guys. We'll see you on the podcast this week. Go to our website for more information, thefinancialguys.com. God bless and take care.